What does vision mean to you? A year-long exhibit called the I Love Project wants your perspective. The Multimedia Public Awareness Campaign will travel Portland throughout 2020 with the goal of sharing the wonder of vision and increasing awareness of the importance of eye health. It's Tuesday, February 4th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Lisa Carter. Hi, Lisa. Any news to highlight from last week? There is a new spark challenge that might be right up your alley, Josh. Do I remember correctly that you occasionally walk to work? I do. I'm better walking home from work, but always interested (laughs) in a new challenge. Well, I think that will count. So in honor of American Heart Month, Spark is challenging OHSU members to log 20 commute trips during February that are either biking, walking, carpooling, or teleworking. In order to count toward the 20, the trips do need to be logged in the My Commute app. I can do that. And (laughs) what do I get when I log those types of commutes? You'll be entered to win some cool prizes, including OHSU merchandise, a free month of exercise classes, and you'll be doing something great for your heart health. You do need to enroll in the challenge before those commutes will count, and you can find that link on OHSU now. Excellent. And speaking of heart health, OHSU is a major player in this year's American Heart Association Heart and Stroke Walk on May 30th. You're invited to join the OHSU health team or create your own. More information about the event is posted on OHSU Now. And finally, we want to remind everyone that 2019 W-2 forms are now available online through employee self-service. If you opt for the paper form, those were mailed January 29th to your home address on record. So no more excuses for not doing your taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's move on to our main interview. Franny White sat down with Dr. David Wilson from the KCI Institute to learn more about the I Love Project. Dr. Wilson, would you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name's David Wilson. I'm the director of the KCI Institute. And you are also an ophthalmologist. How long have you been practicing? I've been practicing now close to uh, 40 years. Um, I did my residency training here at OHSU and pretty much spent my entire career here. Oh my goodness. Wow. We have a wealth of knowledge to share. (laughs) We're here today to talk about something called the I Love Project, which I understand is a year-round public awareness campaign to bring the public into the importance of eyesight and vision and also preventable blindness. I guess I would like you to tell me why the KCI Institute decided to organize this campaign. It's really a um, a combination of factors that made us uh, decide this was the best approach. And um, one of those was uh, a very organized study by the National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, which looked at vision problems and said that one of the really important things for the is for the public to be aware of the impact of vision on everyday life, as well as the impact of eye disease on people's ability to participate in society. Uh, So that was a formal recognition of the problem, but um, certainly in the course of my uh, career, I see those factors in play with with patients and the way that loss of vision affects not only the patient, but the family. A family with a child with eye disease is dramatically impacted, uh, as well as a family that has an older family member that suddenly loses vision. What exactly is the I Love Project? How, how is it going to raise awareness to these important issues? Well, it's a, a constellation of different outreaches to the, the public, not only to 
talk about uh, eye health and eye disease, but really about the way that uh, vision is integrally involved in our uh, society, the way that uh, almost everything in society is built is built with the uh, assumption that people have normal vision. Uh, and that's a, a logical way to, to design our, our culture. Uh, it certainly takes advantages of the uh, really dramatic sense of sight. And it also is to celebrate the, the wonderful things about vision, whether it's the way we use vision in art and appreciating the uh, the environment, and so it's really a celebration of all of those things. Obviously, we chose the year 2020 because of its kind of iconic uh, ring to uh, keep in people's mind whenever they think of the date as 2020, that it also reminds them uh, of what normal vision is. I understand there are some public events uh, surrounded throughout or being organized throughout the year. What what are those? And um, I understand the calendar is still being updated, but give some examples and where people can go for more information. One of the growing events in Portland is the Winter Lights Festival, and that was a, a natural match for uh, our interest in uh, talking about uh, vision, which relies on light. And uh, so that's going to be one of the events where we have a a really great installation where people can record their observations about vision and how vision impacts their life. Uh, so that will be one of the activations. Uh, another great event in Portland is the Body Works, which is going to be occurring at OMSI. Uh, so we're going to be a partner with OMSI and also have a similar activation there where people can uh, step into these very uh, cleverly designed booths, which resemble very large eyes themselves, and um, and record how their vision is uh, affecting their lives. And I understand the videos of people talking about vision um, are going to be available to the public. Is it a YouTube channel, or how how can people view them themselves? Right. So the in the booth, you'll be able to record uh, what you'd like to about how vision affects uh, your life. And the, those will be uploaded and you can share them through YouTube. They'll also be compiled in a, a large library, which by the end of the year, I think have thousands of people's uh, statements about vision. Uh, they'll also be combined with some memories that we've recorded prior to the kickoff of the I Love Project, which captured some other people's responses to the importance of vision and uh, uh, in their lives. And you recorded one as well, I'm assuming? Uh, I was part of it, yes. Uh, and um, I think that uh, the, as people will see as the project develops, that it's really the compilation of many people's thoughts that creates a, a great uh, statement about, about vision. So we're in February. We have uh, 11 months of the year left. What what do you hope will happen at the end of the year after a year of thinking about um, vision and blindness? I think that most people, when they think about medicine, they think about the length of life. Those are our most common measures of how uh, successful medicine and medical care is. And what I would really like for people to contemplate is also the, the quality of life, uh, and uh, vision is one aspect of that, uh, and I, I think that that's really one of the big goals is to have people 
realize what makes the quality of their life very high and not just the uh, the quantitative how long do I live. Can you talk to me a little bit about some of the most common causes of blindness and how KCI Institute is working to prevent or manage them? For quite a number of years, the three leading causes of blindness in the United States have been macular degeneration, glaucoma, and the complications of diabetes, typically diabetic retinopathy. Um, That's still true, but that's changing some. For instance, we recently looked at all of the new patients with legal blindness in Oregon and found that a really fairly high percentage of the new blindness was due to congenital or inherited eye disease. Uh, And so that was getting up to the same percentage as the, the main three causes of legal blindness. And so that, that was a, a bit of a surprise. That's partly a result of some progress we've made in treating macular degeneration, which is the, the leading cause of legal blindness. And so as, as we're more effective in treating that particular disease, then that also makes it where other causes are, are increasing in importance. So it's not necessarily that more people um, are having serious vision impairment. It's just that we are more successful in treating some forms, and so other forms are becoming more obvious? Well, that's partly true. Now, it is also true that blindness is actually increasing in the United States at a rate that's faster than it is in some of the developing world. And that has to do with the aging of our population relative to the relative stability of age in some of the developing world. And so those three leading causes of blindness are more prevalent as a population ages. So we're really looking at uh, increasing numbers of patients. Even as our treatments improve, we still are seeing more and more patients uh, affected by these causes of of legal blindness. Hmm. One other thing that I would say that's quite interesting is that it's projected that in the, the year 2050, nearsightedness is going to become one of the leading causes of blindness in, in the world and growing in the United States. And the reason is that people that are very nearsighted, not just mildly nearsighted, they, they get uh, specific complications that can lead to permanent vision loss. And uh, that, what we call high myopia or high degrees of nearsightedness uh, is growing because of some changes in our in our environment and the way that children grow up. Children that have large amounts of time with near task, say working in school or reading on an iPhone, um, they're more prone to, to nearsightedness as are children that don't go outdoors. So those two factors are projected to lead to uh, a dramatic increase uh, in nearsightedness so that by 2050, it may be one of the leading causes of blindness. Uh, as a roundup question, I guess I wanted to ask you if you had a crystal ball and if you had a, a hope or a vision for um, eye care and vision treatment in the future, maybe in the year, 20 years from now, what, what do you think will improve or change over the, that, that time frame? I think that we'll have some really amazing technology that lets people, even in their own home, uh, determine if their vision is uh, completely functioning well. And if not, I think that they'll be able to uh, access um, 
fairly sophisticated diagnostics um, from their own home because much of the technology that we use uh, in examining patients' eyes uh, is something that might be able to be delivered in a remote fashion. The eye is basically an optical instrument, and by reversing the optics, you can really analyze the eye um, so precisely, more than any other part of the human body, really. Uh, and I think we'll develop ways that we can do that remotely. And that, by being able to examine, even at the microscopic level of what's going on in someone's eye, we'll be able to detect eye disease uh, and, and develop a treatment plan uh, remotely. So for, the, for people who live in rural areas with limited um, medical care, um, that would certainly help them, it sounds like. Um, I think it would help everybody because when we've looked at um, people not accessing care, um, it happens just as much in big urban areas as it does uh, in rural areas. In rural areas, of course, some of the problem is they, they do have difficulty getting to a provider in urban areas. Um, it's more that people uh, just are not uh, aware that they, they need to make that trip. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Wilson. I look forward to uh, checking out the I Love Project exhibit at the Winter Lights Festival, and I wish you best of luck for this campaign. Thanks so much. I hope uh, everybody else will check them out as well. Thank you. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Franny White and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Lisa Carter. See you next week.